from the humble beginnings of South St. Louis to broadcasting around the world, Right Time Media gives to you the right lane. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's on you for not knowing who the fuck I am. No, have you seen my fucking videos at 6 a.m.? Yes, they're obnoxious. <laughs> What's fucking obnoxious about them? You're way too loud and way too hyper for 6 a.m. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to the right lane. I'm Danny and today I'm joined by my broadcast partner, Lance DeClue. Man, how you doing today, brother? I'm pretty good other than this traffic in St. Louis. What the heck's up with all that? There was traffic? Yeah, there was. There always is. Seems like every time I'm trying to meet up with you. Well, it's Telegraph. Telegraph sucks. Yeah. But I don't have uh, traffic except on Telegraph. And I usually uh, like, no, go around I got in the evening. If I, if I leave work from like 4 to 5, mm-hmm. 5.30ish, I usually go around. Well, they're doing construction on 55 too, so I hit that. And then I get the Telegraph. I think it's over when I hit 270. And, and then all of a sudden I hit Telegraph. I'm like, ah, oh, it's back. Whoever uh, is in charge of our highways, the Missouri Department of Highway or whatever the fuck they're called, yeah. I want to smack the shit out of them. 55 is fucked. Yeah, 55 is terrible. That's yes. two lane. Two lane. From, is, it all still, is it still all the way up by uh, all the way. 44? Yeah. Yeah, they suck. No, the, yeah, I believe your text was, and I quote, JB Bridge, I'm over the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a wreck last week. That's so, what it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I went all the, way, all the way around, though. Not 55 south or whatever. It was a nightmare. No. But today, man, we got a great guest. I think he's like the epitome of entrepreneur. He owns <laughs> DeFranco Realty, DeFranco Properties, DeFranco Tattoo Company, Major League Contracting, Major League Demo, and the soon-to-open Major League Muscle. Joey DeFranco, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me out. Where do you uh, find time to I, have a life? I don't. I don't, man. Yeah, actually, like this is a perfect day to... Uh, Give me an example, dude. Like, I woke up this morning damn near having a panic attack because I just have so much on my plate. Now, don't get me wrong. Here in a couple months, man, it's all going to kind of break free and it's going to be a whole different world. But whew, right now, I'm dying. Do you enjoy the busy life or do you like it when it's like more steady but not overwhelming? Uh, dude, it used to be with real estate. Real estate was my big gig. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I would work like four to five hours a week being a real estate agent. And then interest rates went through the roof. Facts. People started putting money back into their house and the whole real estate market's just kind of collapsed. So I've been doing my general contracting, which is great, but man, that, that's a, that's a 60 hour week now. You started as a real estate agent. Yeah. How long ago? Uh, 12 years ago. Well, 12 years ago, I got into real estate investing and then I got my license, I guess probably about 10 or 11 years. How did that come about? So it's actually a really wild, interesting story. And actually, uh, I, I love to tell it. So my son, was born with what's called an emphalocele. He was born with his liver, intestines, and stomach outside of his body. Um, when you picture a normal umbilical cord a half an inch in diameter, his was four and a half inch in diameter. I mean, it was gnarly. He had a large hole in his heart. He had pulmonary hypertension. To fast forward now, he's 12 years old, healthy as a horse. You never know anything was wrong with him. But um, what ended up happening was my former wife, we knew, was going to have to be a stay-at-home mom. So to supplement her income, uh, my father actually pulled $50,000 out of his house, and we bought our first house together. And then we bought a house, flipped a house, bought a house, flipped a house, um, and, and started collecting all these rentals. And the whole purpose was two things. One, we'd have uh, income that replaced my, my former wife's because she had to be a stay-at-home mom. And two, the houses that I bought were right around my house. So if I had to come home and, and help out my son, you know, I, I, it was no big deal for me to leave the job site because I was a couple minutes away. So that's how I initially got into real estate. And it actually, 
it worked out very well for both my father and I. Um, my father was a house painter. He worked for a rice painting company out of Webster Groves for 45 years. He started there when he was 18 and retired at 63. That's badass. That's wild. That, yeah, well, <laughs> how many people do you know today? Any of your friends been in a, one place for 20 years? I was about years? to say that's very uncommon years? now. Yeah, very. Um, even myself, though, I've technically never quit through buyouts and everything. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> even been through the same company. So, yeah, that's very uncommon nowadays. Well, I couldn't imagine just doing the same thing for 45 years. That's crazy how long. And he's retired now? Yeah, and so he was actually, you know, us doing the real estate actually helped it out so he could retire. But... Like, have you ever read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad? No, I do know what you're talking about, though. So that's a uh, on a side topic real quick. The whole premise of the story is a guy has a dad that works for a company and puts in his 40 hours a week, gives his whole life to the company, and expense, expects a pension at the end, um, where his buddy's dad's an entrepreneur, and he gets to see the completely different lifestyles. But uh, yeah, I mean, sticking around for a company for 45 years and just planning on them taking care of you, I mean, it's just a, it's a wild thing. Is your dad still doing stuff with you? No, so we we stopped doing stuff together probably three or four years ago. Um, I don't know. It was a little bit of things changed up for me, and then on top of that, I don't know if you ever worked with your family, but uh, <laughs> you know, as close as it brought us together, it also kind of tore us apart. And that was a lot of because I have this mindset of I made it from nothing. I can make it from nothing again if I lose it all. And actually probably do it quicker because now I've learned some lessons along the way where, you know, my father, it's always been, you know, and the same with my stepmother. My stepmother worked for a doctor's office pretty much her whole life. And, you know, they came to rely on that kind of stuff. And, and to, for them to take as big a risk as I was willing to take, you know, we just kind of had different business goals. The the vision, like an entrepreneur, a couple, I know a few of them. We know some of the same too. But like your mindset, you're kind of crazy. Like you you really are. It, and I don't think it's so much the, I built it all. You can take it all away because I'll build it again. Like, and maybe it is that, but y'all live life on, on a, 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 path, a pace and a path that is other people don't understand. Yeah. I think that's more than anything. So unless you're doing it, and it's hard to be an entrepreneur with someone. No, 100%. Because I got to take a risk that may fuck up and may cost us money, but you don't get to help me decide with that. So, well, there's a couple things that got me into being an entrepreneur. And actually, it's one of my favorite questions I ever ask is what got you into being an entrepreneur? And, um, what happened was I was a welder and metal fabricator, uh, and I really loved what I did, and it was a great job. I worked at uh, Lawrence Fabric Structure. Yep. You know, I built all the awnings on Bush Stadium. Anytime you go to a bar and there's an outdoor patio or a windbreak room or a rooftop thing, I built all that kind of stuff, and I, I absolutely loved it there. And uh, unfortunately, it was like 2008. The whole world kind of shut down, and we had the Great Recession, and I got laid off. Well. I had just bought my second house. I was in the middle of rehabbing it. I hadn't even moved in yet. I was engaged to my former wife. We were trying to have kids. I like had this whole life planned out, and somebody pulled the uh, the rug out from underneath my feet. And that that was the the moment right there that I decided that hey, I'm never going to work for anybody else again. If I don't get paid on Friday, it's nobody's fault but my own. Um, that's one side of it. The flip side of it is something that uh, uh, I think is really funny and it actually helps me out as a parent, is my mother used to tell me when I was a kid, I just did whatever I wanted. Um, you know, I would never listen. I just had my own, I just, you know, what is it? Uh, march, to, march to the beat of your own drum. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, 
She goes, but then after a while, we kind of realized that you weren't hurting anybody. You weren't causing any trouble. You just were doing your own thing. So we kind of let you be. But she's like, you know, I always worried that someday you'd have to answer to a police officer or a, a judge or a boss. And, you know, now as an entrepreneur, I don't have to answer to anybody but myself, right. which is also a problem that I have that I don't really get along with partners, business partners, it's, because <laughs> I have to answer to somebody. Yeah, it sounds like you, yeah, it sounds like that's just you. That's how you've always been. So, well, as an entrepreneur, like that's your mindset has to be that way. Because it's great for everybody to have an opinion, mm-hmm. but we have to make a decision, mm-hmm. and it may be uncomfortable for us to make that decision, and it may you may be risking something that you're not willing to risk. But we have to do this in order for us to grow. That's why it is almost a. You can have partners in different things, different aspects of it, but as overall, you are by yourself because people don't see that vision. Lawrence Fabric, I want to go back to them. Do you, you ever heard of Trabi Tent Company? Yeah, that's where I work. Oh no, sure. that's where I've been for, and I. But we we've done a lot of jobs with you guys, and I used to build the uh, the. Uh, you guys have the the same style. Um, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, truck racks, uh, uh, ladder racks, things yeah. that we had on our truck. So I've actually built them for your guys' trucks right before. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> funny. I read that you worked for them, and I was like, man, I bet that he knows who we are. Crossing, yeah. Yeah, we lo- I love Lawrence. They've done quite a few jobs for us and stuff. What What is your least favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Uh... Just, I mean, there's a lot of days that I just wish that I had a seven to three. That, that as soon as the clock ended, my responsibilities ended. And it's only in that moment, though. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the biggest draw. And then the second thing is, is, is um, having to cover payroll, man. Like, uh, you know, it used to be, especially when I did just real estate. You know, I had whatever five or six thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars, it don't matter. Worth the bills each month, and I had thirty days to come up with that amount of money. Well, now that I've got employees, every week mm-hmm. I got to have five, ten thousand dollars to cover payroll, and I'm a small guy. Right. You know, imagine these big guys that have to cover a ton of payroll each month or each week. Now you have people relying on you to get that check. Yeah. yeah it's a little stressful. Do you have a mentor or somebody that you converse with or friends that you you are who you hang out with? So do you have a circle group like that or one guy that you bounce ideas off or? So I'm starting to build. I actually have built that over the last year. So uh, when I got divorced, like I told you, I, and I got carried away here. But when I told you about my son being sick and everything like that, that's all I was. I was a caregiver for my son. I was a husband and I was an entrepreneur. And then when all of that, you know, I wasn't caregiving anymore and I got divorced and, you know, I didn't really want to work because I was getting divorced. I realized I didn't have any friends left. So um, what I ended up doing, I guess it's been probably about a year ago now, uh, I just started my own thing. Once, uh, once a month on Tuesday nights, it's just a random group of guys that come out. We go to the post and we just shoot the shit. And, you know, half the guys don't even drink, you know, and most of them are entrepreneurs, tradesmen, everything like that. But it's a, it's a very good, diverse group of guys that is always rotating through different people showing up and there'll be guys that damn near sleep in their car all the way up to guys that are multi multi-millionaires and it's just great to sit there and be able to talk about all the problems that we have in business and in life for that matter and kind of bounce it all off of that because you make connection helps with that network because it's almost like a uh, therapeutic yeah very much so which and i don't think men have enough of that because no. we got to keep everything close and hidden. Like we're worried about somebody judging us or yeah. like our issues. But I, I tell everybody about my fucking problems. I'm like, work fucking sucks. People suck. 
one of the things that I seen you fucking did uh, really endeared me to your page is I think you were sitting out there in some coochie cutters <laughs> and uh, you had a, like a tank top shirt on. What did the sign say? What, what for labor? Oh, it said uh, have work, need workers. Or have, have, something, something like, like that. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you find, what do you, what's the most difficult thing about the workforce today? It's what it cost. Yeah. Dude. So my fiance Whitney, she was a uh, your roommate. <laughs> yeah, my roommate. <laughs> she was a uh, she was a respiratory therapist at Children's Hospital. That means she runs life support. That means she bags people, saves their life. She literally is what's keeping what saves people and keeping them alive. Dude, she made when she left there to come just run our businesses. Mm-hmm. She made like thirty one dollars an hour. I'm trying to hire fucking carpenters right now. I'm offering $45 an hour with a company truck, two weeks paid vacation, and I, I can't get anybody. It's just unbelievable to me what stuff costs these days. What do you think there's, is there some, is there like a shortage of workforce so they can yes. ask for more? That's what I'm saying. So they can ask for more? Cause otherwise, no. you think somebody, you get some runoff at least. Like, I can't find a job. You know, I'll, I'll settle for, yeah. that's lower than what the other companies are paying. They, but I think the rates, not saying that is, though. I don't I think the rates that. now are, uh, uh, like the average carpenter is 43 years old or 42 years old. It used oh, to be, wow. yeah, like they're aging. So they've people, earned their... Well, no, people aren't going into the field as much Yeah, because they they look at it as something, I don't, I don't know, beneath them, below them or something like that. La- why, yeah, labor, yeah. It's not labor, though. It's a skilled fucking No, trade. I get that, but a lot of people look at what you consider labor jobs now. They don't want to do them. One yeah. of the reasons the housing market's so high is because they don't have the volume to... People aren't building because there's not the labor force to build mm-hmm. it and stuff. So there's a lot of vacant lots that sit waiting on people to come build their house because we got in this whole push in the 80s and 90s, the, the 2000s, mm-hmm. where it, you have to go to college. The, the, if you don't go to college, you're Technology. not successful. You're a shit mm-hmm. bum. The world is going to be ruled by computers. That's not true, though. Like The tradesmen, they're, I think they're going to make gangster money in the next 20 years. Because it, it's not a uh, a job that you can repetitively do, yeah. so a machine kit is not going to be able to right. build that house for you. It's going to take some of the work and stress away from guys, but you're still going to have to have skilled guys that go in there and do the actual work. Yeah. I think that's probably more of the issue than yeah. than anything else. There's just people aren't in those fields right now. Well, and unfortunately, our generation started that. Unfortunately, so. well, well, yeah. well I mean, me and Joey's generation. I, it, see, when I don't include you, get upset. Cause I'm you, young. When you, we don't include you, get I'm upset. Generation Z. But really, you're probably see. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm 39. Didn't you just say you're like in your early 40s? I'm 42. Yeah. 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 I say, we're, the, we're the same age. As I say, our gener- I know our generation for sure kind of started that. Unfortunately, but I was like, you're but we're, that, part of that. it became the, the narrative. But yeah. everybody that I, our age, is, like for a lot of them, went into those t- types of trades. Yeah. At least people I know. But mm-hmm. a, a lot of those guys tried to are, are owning their own businesses now. They yeah. went. They took that trade that, that they knew how to do, and they turned it into running their own company and they're interested in just staying small uh i find it because i deal with labor daily and what you do get is shit like i just need bodies some days you need actual skilled labor which is a lot different and you know to capitalize on what you guys said about uh about there being a lack of tradesmen at all because Mm -hmm. our whole generation was hey go to college learn to learn this Mm -hmm. and that and the other and don't become a tradesman is absolutely terrifying now because of how quickly AI is growing, yes. and AI is going to replace all those motherfuckers yes. that went to college. Well, and this is the weird thing, too. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah, and a lot of these trade schools have closed and are hurting, but colleges are still doing good, and it's like, I'm not really sure why, because we're more, more in need of trades right yeah. now. So what is your guys' views on athletes? Are they entertainers, or are they no, they're both. athletes? They're both. I'm pretty entertaining, so I'll say them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both, 100%. Like, 
I, I didn't go to a basketball game and just mar- be. like I'm entertained. You got to be honestly though. If you want to make it to the top echelon, you got to have like a personality. It's very no, hard just to go off of your Kawhi skill. Leonard. Who? Kawhi Leonard. Who? Hey, stop. Stop. I really don't He's know He's a multi-millionaire yeah. basketball player. Uh, that's why I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this guy. But you know what? No, I really don't know who he is. I don't really follow sports. I don't follow like NBA for no, one, I, but I, you know I who I do know? LeBron, he's pretty outspoken. I know Kawhi literally went to the very top of the basketball and... No, he's multi. He's rich as fuck, and he didn't have to have no personality. See, now he's mad at us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what do you mean you don't know? He's got no <laughs> personality. That's why we never. I don't know how you him. don't fucking know him. He's a rich I don't nerd. Know. <laughs> Most honestly, like a lot of like slaying basketball, the ones I know are the outrageous characters because I know them yep. from being outrageous characters. I don't watch him. Dennis Rodman. Uh, that's exactly hundred percent. Came to my and head. I loved him. And you know what? I watched basketball back then because they were all. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's because you were a kid. I see his autograph over there on my wall. <laughs> no, I watched it because I want to see what hair color he had. That no, I wanted. I wanted to be that guy. I I thought he was the motherfucking because he, he I mean, just, I've seen you in a dress. You're pretty. Yeah, close. I don't know you, but I could see you married. So. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> he had all this flash, all that shit, but he was yeah. such a hard worker, and he the meat and potatoes of what he needed. To when do, he felt appreciated, he, no, yeah. he, he did those things. Yeah, his whole career, every place he went, he just he caused some issues because Dennis had to be Dennis when it wasn't time to to play the game. Well, even sometimes when, but there sometimes he needed his own time too when it was time for him to play the game too. Well, no. have you watched that uh, American Gladiators? Uh, uh, oh, documentary man. yet? Yeah, that was no. I did. Yeah, the one the one brought on there. She was yeah. friends with Dennis Rodman, and yeah. she's like, she's like, I, I had to get away from him because yeah. I would have died if I kept partying with. Oh, him. he's wild. Well, all, the, all those people, like all their money went in the drugs, and they didn't get any money from. Yeah, but they had to keep their bodies up. So they, hey, you did, know, whew. you know that yeah. dude like would go party at the club all night. Yeah, go play a basketball game yeah. and then go run fucking six miles on the goddamn treadmill after the game. But when he would get upset though, sometimes I, I so I gotta get most of my information is from uh that documentary. With Michael Jordan. Hey, fuck Michael. I get that. Hey, fuck <laughs> Michael. <laughs> All right? I just want to go on record. My brother's kid, his, uh, they play ice hockey, and they're incredible, incredible ice hockey yeah. players. And just to do something in the offseason, they decide to play baseball together. And they are just like an incredible baseball team and I, just because they're such good same, yeah. athletes. <laughs> Were you an athlete growing up? No, not really. Um, I mean, I played sports. My brother was a big athlete, and I, you know, tried to follow in his footsteps and do stuff. But sports never really interest me. Yeah, you know. But what was interesting is later on in life, I got into powerlifting in my late twenties, and like, I didn't realize that I missed that being competitive like that. Mm-hmm. You know that that whole. Uh, you know, I used to wrestle in high school and everything like that, and played other sports. But you know, just being able to compete like that, you know, made me feel alive again. No, I I absolutely love competition. It's the I want to know who's better at everything we do. If you want to spit, I want to spit further. Uh, like you want to roll a tire down the street, I I, I can do it better. <laughs> I, and if not, I'm gonna try it a thousand times until I can fucking get it. I, I I that's what keeps me young. Yeah, I, lo- I loved the competition. It was the uh, politics that. Burn me out. So no, that's why people like me look for other things to do and other avenues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like pick, pick up ping pong. Yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah, <laughs> we just talked about that. Yeah, pick up bowling. Like I started up, um, we'd go to bowl it for, on lunch for work, and I don't know that happened for a while. And then fucking my buddy was like, "Why you just keep throwing it straight? Why don't you put your? Why don't you curve it?" And I watched him do it, and I couldn't do it. But then I took my thumb out of the hole and I put my two fingers in there and I started curving it. On lunch one day, we played three games. Got a little tipsy, went back, clocked out, and then drove over to do bowl and played 24 more games. <laughs> wow. And, yes, and then I joined a bowling league yeah. for three years. Mm-hmm. I went from, uh, like I think, 152 was my first average in the first season to 191 in three years when it was over. I can't tell you how many fucking games of bowling that I bowled, though. Like, we would spend so much time in the bowling alley that we could just go. She would let us walk down there and set up the pins how we wanted to, and I did a 7-10 split with two bowling balls that crossed each other. 
Think about how much time you have to spend in a bowling no, alley. Yeah, no. Where did you bowl at? Uh, over in Columbia, Illinois. Oh, well, okay. I forget the name of the place. What is the name of that bowling alley? I don't know. My family, know uh, my family was big into the bowling alleys. They owned a bunch up in Hazelwood, um, all over South City. My uh, my cousin, my second cousin, just passed away recently. Tino DeFranco. He was uh, he owned Tropicana Lanes, and he yeah, sold yeah. that when he was ninety. Got bored and went back to work there, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and worked there up until a couple of years ago. That's yeah. badass, though. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? At, like, what do you do when you retire? That's something that. I mean, obviously, I'm not close to retirement age, but I, I like the lady at work. She's like three years away from being 65 or whatever, and she's like counting down the days. And I'm like, Patty, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with your with your time? You know, it's the the one thing I heard in that statement that's so wrong is that you determined that retirement's at 65. That's what her That's what her Roth IRA said. Dude. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, Dude, yeah, like, because you got to you got to watch. Yeah, you got to watch time. My first that. retirement will be at 48. At 48. Yeah. So that's when my kids are all 18. Mm-hmm. I am just going to. Go backpack many, Europe, go see the entire world, and everybody's always like, "What are you going to do after that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'll figure Start out another then. business." Yeah, I'll figure <laughs> out. Then, how, yeah. how many kids do you have? I got four, so we're a blended family. I've got two and two, so it's uh, my uh, stepdaughter's ten, my daughter's ten, my stepdaughter's eleven, and then my son's twelve. <laughs> wow! So nice. they're all right in time yeah. each other. They're, yeah, that's really close in age. They ever fight a lot. No, they get along pretty well, and it's actually really neat because of the fact that they have like the same. There's just a huge friends group, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody's friends with each other because they're all the same. They have the same school and stuff. Uh, this year they got split up. There's two at middle school and two still at elementary. Oh, right, right. But uh, yeah, they had up until last year. They had. That's badass. It's very cool. Yeah, I have a son that's 17, 15, and then a daughter who's eight this year. Mm-hmm. She'll be yeah, she'll be nine in March. It's like she's almost like an only child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she really is. Like she, they, they never played by themselves. It was always with each other. Whatever kids down the street, she does a lot of stuff by herself, and uh, she, her imagination is a lot, a lot more stronger than my boys was for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I can appreciate the the kids close in age too, though, because but my boys fight all the time. Like I, I don't think that they like each other that much. No, I, my brother's <laughs> like. Uh, I got a stepbrother. That was kind of a joke. Oh, <laughs> I well, I was thinking they are kind of. I mean, they seem they seem like different personalities. So oh, I could see that being. They're they're way different. That's what I say. Like from what I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, my brother was three and a half years older than me. My sister is, I don't know, seven or eight years younger than me. And then I've got step siblings. So I was never really close with them. But I mean, we all. I felt like we were all completely different places in life at all times. No, for sure. Like, for, I got brother. I got a brother that's six months younger than my mom. We have yeah. My dad's was twenty two years older than my mom, so I had three. He's got three kids. I got a younger brother, an older sister, two brothers from their step. Or one's a half, one's a step, and then two step sisters. None of us were ever like raised in a house together, but we were all around each other. Yeah, at different times and stuff. We were all always doing something. None of us were on the anywhere close to an age or in the same point in life. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, we had fun together, but it wasn't like that's my homie who I'm calling up to. Telling my fears and crying in my beer and shit. <laughs> so, do you? Uh, how's the tattoo company go? Where's it located? So the tattoo company. So what happened with that is, uh, I've sold two different, three different um, tattooists their own shops, and I got talking to them, and I had no idea that a tattoo parlor was set up. Um, just like a rental, like a beauty salon, anything like that. These mm-hmm. cats come in and they rent their own booth space. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like $1,500, $2,500 a month is what these guys pay for their booth space. And I'm like, dude, I got a commercial building. So 
Um, I had to get an ordinance changed in the village of Marlborough to allow tattoo parlors. They were uh-huh. outlawed with uh, sex shops and massage parlors. <laughs> they were on the same, the same, <laughs> um, uh, whatever. The, the why, why, why was that? Because it's well, I mean, it's an old conservative right. community. Well, plus if you're defending on the tattoo parlor, I mean, they sometimes can be pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to get an ordinance changed. Got an ordinance changed. Started, the, did the build out. And then I couldn't find anybody to come work for me. So I ended up, um, you know, and the big reason I couldn't find anybody to work for me is because that's a very close-knit community. And the fact that I wasn't an artist myself gave me no clout in the game. And nobody wanted to come work for me. Plus, on top of that, COVID was just getting released, and these guys had a big backlog of work, so they didn't want to go start out a new shop. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up subleasing the whole shop out to Ian Hayes, uh, he runs Golden Toe Tattoo through there. So it's all licensed and everything through me, but he completely runs it all and it's 100% his shop. And then the benefit of that is if anything ever happens and, and say that he decides to not be there anymore, or his shop fails, which I don't see that he's been there for two years now um, and he's really doing well, that um, it's all licensed, ready to go. I mean, literally, I can just move new artists in. And Where is it located? On. It's at 7823 Watson Road in... Uh, it's technically the village of Marlboro in between Afton and Webster Groves. Right on. I, I thought Marlboro, you said it was a conservative, old conservative. The only thing I remember, my buddies live in some apartments over there. It didn't seem very conservative. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the board. So it's a, easy to say, yeah, that's the, the city council or whatever. Yeah, it is it's a village. So it right. doesn't have a mayor. It has a chairman of the board and it has, mm. uh, it has like six or seven seats on the board. He's got to think he's cool as shit, chairman for, of the board. For <laughs> the greater good. That's all I hear yeah. out of that. Of a community of like 2,400 people and they don't know what the so fuck we, they're we, doing. So we were talking a little bit earlier. Is this where the Bradley Cooper looks came in? Does that help out with that one too? Or is this, no, this was a different, okay. <laughs> that one hasn't helped me at all. I'd For those that can't me. see, so we're not recording. <laughs> Joey looks just like Bradley Cooper. I ain't even playing. He definitely does. He does. I would imagine you get that quite a bit. All the day long. I get to Channing Tatum a lot, so I can. I can relate. <laughs> That's BS. Maybe, maybe, after, maybe in that one fight movie after I got beat up. Dude, the best thing that ever happened to me. One, well, there's two stories in Bradley Cooper. One, I hear this all the time, and finally, I said to somebody one day, I was like, I was like, you know, that cat's like six foot three six foot one or six foot three i think he's six foot three and i'm like i'm only five foot seven and they're like so you're like a mini cooper <laughs> and i'm like dude that's awesome that's Louis Coop. so then for like the next year my mom tried to like email ellen and email everybody she could get a hold of to try to get me and bradley cooper together that's great and then the second one dude i was in an elevator one time and i get this shit all the time and um i get in there and it's it's uh it's like a bachelor party there's like five drunk girls in there and they're like Oh my God, you look like that guy. I can't think of his name from the hangover, blah, 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 going on and on and on. And finally, I was like, Yeah, I was like, it's Bradley Cooper. I was like, I hear it all the time. They're like, No, no, Zach Galifianakis. Ah. <laughs> and I was like, That was a rare burn right there. Yeah. That really was. I was Thanks, like, Maybe guys. I shouldn't take so many steroids. So, <laughs> trim my beard. <laughs> oh, my. So, you kind of you have a big personality. Where do you get your personality from? I would say definitely my mother. Yeah. My my mother is uh, very much lives in her own world, and whatever's on her mind, she will say and ask you and tell you. I can appreciate that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know. It's great. I can really appreciate that. I've been known to do that myself a time or two. But it, Three it, or four. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing that sometimes people are like, hey, you know, like maybe this isn't the right place, or maybe that's not dinner <laughs> yeah. talk, and I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't think there's ever – it's never too soon. It's always the right time. It's always the right place. Maybe we just don't get so loud with it. But yeah, I'm always a big fan of uh, what's on my mind is what I want to say. So yeah. I can appreciate that. It's, it's awesome. Were you and your mom close growing up? 
We went back and forth. Um, I mean, there were some things with my family when my parents got divorced and everything. They kind of drove us apart for a while, but then we reconnected later, and now we've been super close. That's what's up, man. How'd you get into Lawrence Fabric? I don't know. I'm bouncing around and stuff, but you went to school for collision repair? Yeah, I went to uh, South Tech, and then I went to Rankin um, for auto body repair. So they both were for that auto body repair? And the only reason I didn't go into that field was at the time they were talking about getting rid of flat rate. And if you're not familiar with flat rate, if it's like, okay, there's a dent in this fender, it's going to be 15 hours to fix it. And then if you get it done in eight hours, you get paid for 15. You get it done in 20 hours, you get paid for 15. Mm -hmm. So when you became a a good technician, you made mad money. You'd be making 80, 100 hours a week and only physically working 40. Well, they were talking about getting rid of flat rate. So... um, what ended up actually getting me into being a welder and fabricator is I'd always played with cars and goofed around in the garage and done stuff like that and was interested in welding and learning and everything. And I actually worked for my father at Rice Painting and then um, got laid off one winter. And it just happens every winter. There's can't do exterior mm-hmm. work because it's cold outside. And I had bills to pay. And this is this is how long ago I literally looked in the newspaper and found this company that was hiring. I had never besides playing with sheet metal in my garage, working on old cars. I, I never aluminum welded. I never anything. And went in there and they were super cool, man. They were 100%. They gave me a welding test. And essentially, it was a, a blueprint to put together a cube. They gave you all the pieces. You just had to put it together and weld it up. And um, they actually hired me on the basis of not that I was a good welder by any means, because I wasn't, by the fact that I actually could read blueprints and I had actually never seen blueprints before in my life. It's just the way that my mind works. I could figure out what was going on there and put Mm -hmm. it together. And they're like, we can teach you to weld. We just can't teach you to read blueprints. (laughs) And sure enough, that's what they did. So you just kind of jump in with both feet, no matter what it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a a good philosophy or good practice to have. I think a lot of the pushback on that flat rate too, as you you still hear to this day, you're paying me for my experience, not my time. And I think that's what was the big pushback on that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I didn't know that they had it for that, but I don't like a mechanic. Mm-hmm. There's a book that tells you that it takes four hours to mm-hmm. to fix this or whatever. You can charge whatever you want per hour. You just can't charge more than four hours for that. Yeah. Some guys it may take them six hours. Other guys it may take two hours to do that. I think you should always be allowed to, to be paid on what your skill set is. Not yeah. like yeah, yeah. Just because I get it done in two hours when someone else could do it in four hours shouldn't mean it should be cheaper. Yeah, as long as it's you know it's as good a quality or better. Mine's probably like, better if I'm getting it done in two hours. Yeah, not like to mention, I mean, the, the tools and equipment and experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a price tag for all that mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. where did you come up with the major league at? Do you like baseball? You said you weren't really into sports. Uh, that one fell in my lap. So that one, uh, if any, if it, it would have been DeFranco Demolition, if it would have been started out as my company. So that one, what happened there um, was there a gentleman that was my very first agent at my um at my real estate brokerage. And he worked for me for a few years. He actually lived in my building in an apartment up, cl- upstairs. Um, and we, he ended up leaving my brokerage for reasons that had nothing to do with my brokerage. He just wanted to be around like a Keller Williams where it was full of people and you actually go to work where DeFranco Realty, <laughs> you don't go to work. <laughs> the, uh, um, so he did that. And then years later, we reconnected because he had started this demolition company. And the way that it happened was, is he was flipping some houses, needed some demo work done, brought in some of his buddies from high school. They did the demo. He's posting about it on social media. He did this like two or three times. And somebody was like, hey, who are these guys? Can I use them? And he's like, yeah. So he referred them out a couple of times and then somebody gave him a kickback check. And he's like, oh shit, I can make money off of this. So then he started a demolition company. Well, the problem was... 
is he didn't really own any tools or equipment and I'm I'm a tool snob. I anything I ever think I'm gonna need, I buy it and I, I have it for forever. And so I finally made him the deal. Um or I got ahead of myself. So one day he got on Facebook and he's like, Hey man, I need a dump trailer tomorrow. We can't get a dumpster in time. And I was like, Hey, you can borrow mine. It's sitting up at the yard. Just dump it. There's some trash in there. Go dump it. Use it. Bring it back. We'll call it even. And uh, then I was like, you know what? If you ever need to rent that, you can rent that from me. And then I was like, you know what? The hell with it. Let's go get lunch. So we got lunch. And I'm like, hey, dude, I'm like, I'll make you a deal. I was like, for 25% equity in your company, you can use all my tools, all my equipment. You can use my commercial addresses. You can use my yard. If you want a little office in the building, that's fine. We'll do all that. Um, In return, I want profit and loss statement once a month uh, along with a check. And then sit down every three months and just kind of discuss what's going on and how things are going and uh, anything I can do to help or grow or advertise or anything like that, any problems, you know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, so that was the deal. And then unfortunately, that didn't happen. We had uh, for a long time, I didn't get paid and then jobs weren't getting done. And my name was kind of getting mm-hmm. uh, dragged through the mud because we weren't getting back to people or getting mm-hmm. things done. And um I'm very much a person of my name. You yeah, have one name and it's very important to me. So I uh, finally came to the day that I either had to buy him out or he had to buy me out mm-hmm. um, just because we weren't seeing eye to eye on things. So so from there, um, we ended up buying him out, which actually worked out very well because there was some deficit. So I really didn't have, have to buy him out. Um, on top of that, there was uh, he had just been offered a job just he had applied for a job like two years ago or like a year and a half mm-hmm. ago. And he got a, he got uh he got uh, a job. So it actually worked out very well. So I took over the demolition company and then everywhere I went, people were like, well, you can take it apart, but can you put it back together? And I've already been general contracting for 12 years for myself. So I was, you know, finally after a while, I call this guy, call this guy, call this guy. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call all those people and charge mm-hmm. you 10%. And that's, I started general contracting. So then it was, We'd already really built the brand with Major League Demo, mm-hmm. so then we moved on to Major League Contracting. And my goal is to own every single trade. So Major League Plumbing, Major League Electrical, Major League... You uh, know. I, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Major Leagues out there. Where does this business, business acumen come from? What's that again? Where does your business acumen come from? Like, How do you... Like, you're throwing out stuff that... It's very business-oriented, how to run a company, how to make a profit, how to... Where does that come from? Uh, so the equity position I got from 50 cent, nice. <laughs> I fucking swear to God, nice. I know I, I read his book mm-hmm. and that's how he got into, uh, whatever that water company was. Vitamin, uh, uh, vitamin water. Yeah. Vitamin water. He said, you know what? I don't want to be your spokesperson. I want an equitable yep. stake in it. And I was like, dude, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And I literally had just read that book prior to meeting with this dude. He's a, uh, he's one of the more underrated businessmen of the world. Like just people in general, like. To where he come from, to what he did, and what he's accomplished, doing everything his way and shit. That guy is really, really yeah, intelligent. Very much, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, sure. he's he's the Mike Tyson of the rap game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike Tyson, I thought was a dumbass for mm. forever, and then he did the uh, being Mike Tyson, where he went around. I don't fifteen years ago, ten years ago, and he went around and basically it was like a comedy tour, but he would tell you his life story on stage, and I watched that and. I, I just thought he was a dumbass. He's so fucking intelligent. Yeah. Like, and his, his grasp on life is is amazing. Well, that's it. It's his it's, dedication to to whatever it is he's doing is second to none. Oh, we talked about earlier. People to put too much thought on book knowledge, and he may not have the book knowledge, but he 
through his life experiences, had really good life knowledge, well, also, which doesn't he, make it dumb. He's a he's a he's a study he's a studier of war and stuff. He read Charlemagne. He read, he, read, he read all the great <laughs> Marcus Anthony. He knows yep. what they're all doing, man. He's he's a conqueror. He also broke his back. That's what he do? I broke my back. That's what he's doing. That's what that's what everybody be love me. We're going broke was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> going going back on your deal you offer though. That I mean, it's not bad. You're not micromanaging. You're just doing just enough to make sure you weren't getting taken advantage of. It. So I mean, that was a really good deal too. Yeah. So unfortunately, I didn't keep their end up. But. Yeah, no. If it would have worked out, it'd been great. <laughs> I, you know, bad. you're not over my shoulder. Twenty. You, you're asking for just to make sure I'm not abusing you. Yeah, that's all you're doing. I mean, you're. If you would have been like, you know, well, I want to see the books every week or something. That's okay. It's all micromanaging, you know. But no, you would just said like every. Yeah, and I mean, with like yeah. QuickBooks and everything like that, your profit and loss statements already popular. Yeah, just so hear I mean, it, email <laughs> it, yeah, send it an email. It's yeah. I will say that uh, Major League whatever is a little. Little dishonest, little uh, yeah. misleading. Because, but it wasn't originally well, his. Well, I I broke out this whole baseball thing because of it. I thought he was a baseball fan. That's on you. That's <laughs> not his fault. That's on you for assuming. And Major League sounds like he's a baseball fan. So we're gonna talk about it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I wrote the script. We're gonna go through it. <laughs> that's Danny Wright, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we're not. Oh man, you're gonna be so disappointed player. when I don't know a fucking thing oh, about sports. Gonna, gonna, <laughs> no, this isn't a thing about sports. You know, the Philly fans are like the worst fans in all of sports. They mm-hmm. threw they threw snowballs at Santa one year. They threw batteries and at East, JD Drew. The Easter Bunny. They yeah. They fucking day. they hate their own team let alone for, they're so shitty people and there's Taylor Swift Trey Turner signed a 11 year 300 million dollar contract this past off season mm-hmm. and he's played like shit he was hitting in 107 games he was hitting 235 with 10 home runs and 34 RBIs for you ladies non-baseball <laughs> fans uh, that's not doing very well that's not cutting the mustard you know that's what I'm saying 25% success rate so what do you it's think like a weatherman what do you yeah that ain't no fucking lie so what do you think the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies fans reacted. How do you think they reacted, given their history? I think angrily. Angrily, right? Yeah. And they would boo this man. Yeah. They would throw snowballs and batteries at him. But they took a different route. Yeah. And through social, the power of social media, yeah. they literally, instead of booing him, tomorrow night, why don't we go to the game and he comes up to bat? Why don't we give him a standing ovation? And they did, too. It, I'm getting goosebumps because it was, it was yeah. fucking touching. Yeah. They get up and they clap and they give this motherfucker standing ovation. What do you think he does? What do you think he does? does I'm, I'm giving it away. Does better, yeah. He, no, no. He fucking hit the oh. game-winning home run. He yeah. fucking went on a a crazy tear. That's doing better. That's what I was saying. Oh, but it's man, a, I was really hoping also, he was side note, strike out. Also, side note, <laughs> I don't hate Taylor Swift. I don't want Swifties coming at me because they're, they're powerful. <laughs> that was gonna, I was just making a joke. That knobby need fucking Missouri 6? Is that who you're talking about? That knobby need Missouri 6? Swifties? That's what the fuck are Danny those? Wright talking. It's Danny Wright talking. What the fuck are Swifties? Check this out, man. Oh, you know how we have that, that question? How many fifth graders could you take or second graders could you take yes. if they came in waves of five and didn't yes. stop until they ever took you? Yes. Right now, from now on, it's going to be how many Swifties could you take if they came in waves of five? I'm fucking every one of them up. Not a single one. I, I love how you change the subject from baseball stats no. to Taylor Swift. So I'll, I'll, about once a show, I'll say something that gets someone a tirade. And this, this, <laughs> apparently, this is the one. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't fucking. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get Taylor Swift. I don't get why anybody thinks you that didn't she's understand why Amanda Nunes could beat you up, but she can't. No, no stop. She's not either. This, this is why I did. I'm, be, I'm beating the fuck out of Amanda Nunes. I don't think you understand this. I hey, want she's you to, kind of a bad bitch, though. Right? I don't give a fuck. I mean, she's a 160 pound woman. Have you heard of some there of there the goes, stuff she's goes. done though? Oh my god! I like she her. got fucked on a record contract, so she like rewrote all the songs as remixes. Oh Taylor Swift. Oh, Taylor yeah. Swift. Yeah, Taylor, yeah, oh. she, yeah. That that was actually Kelly Clarkson's idea. Hey guys, guys, yeah. guys. I don't give a fuck. 
She's a knobby need Missouri six. Why is she fucking famous? Why did and tra- Travis Kelsey wanted to give her his fucking a friendship bracelet for what? He's giving That's her. Mo- he's giving her more than that, buddy. He is too. <laughs> That's an ugly bitch. I'm not like. That's nothing to brag about. Like you, there you, is a star part, and I talk about this all the time. I'll how you, how you going like, to be if you're Travis Kelsey? How are you going to be the woman in that relationship? Well, because uh, you know he is. There is a star thing because I have friends of like so and so is hot. And like no, they're really you're, not. If you, you have take friends. Away their fame. More, well, I mean, other than you. <laughs> um, so that I'll be like, no, take away the stardom. Really look at like a picture of them, not just like a made up or a Photoshop picture, like a lot of them are. Look at like them in public. They're normal people. They aren't all nines and tens, and like none of them are. Almost none of them are. Right, exactly, and that's what I get. Well, they ugly as fuck, even fixed up. They get two extra points because they they have money. Exactly. Meaning, like if you take, I mean, it's incredible to me. Actually, something I I I witness and see aloud, like a (laughs) six-year-old chick from Ladue compared to a six-year-old chick from Arnold, (laughs) and you know, I mean. One's gonna look yeah. a lot rougher than the other. Right? Yeah, just like again, just like a fat guy with a yacht. You always, you always <laughs> see all the hot women on that boat because that, that guy's not fat. Money. That guy's not fat. I get on his boat. <laughs> That's my point exactly. Yeah, he's like, I get on the boat. I get on that fucking boat. I don't care. <laughs> he's got a yacht. Holy shit! Yeah, Michael Jordan's got two of them. <laughs> well, even better, he's rich and isn't fat. So, <laughs> oh, I, Kevin Hart played private party. The Michael Jordan was at. Hey, look, look how popular Kevin Hart is, and he, he's a midget. So it's. He's funny though. And he, but he, no, he's hilarious. Yeah, Michael Jordan right. don't fuck with him because he made fun of Michael Jordan. He's talking about why he wears his pants so high, mm-hmm. like he's a seventy year old man. And he said nobody laughed. They all looked at Jordan like, are you, what, do we, "What do we do?" And, uh, <laughs> Jordan just sat there. Next, and he said when he went to go shake him, like shake his hand goodbye and stuff, that he squeezed his hand real tight and was like, "Yeah," and they ain't fucked with him since. <laughs> so he has no sense of humor either. Yeah. Fuck Michael. I would say he, he ripped on a. Was it was it uh it was Shaquille and was it LeBron or was it Kobe? Who? Kevin Hart did. I'm pretty sure he's made fun of all of them. No, I meant that they were actually like there and they were dying because he was he was making fun of like how oh, Shaq's Shaq dick. No, 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 <laughs> That's no, 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 Kevin no. Hart is. It's no, Shaq's dick. No, I know, but no, he was talking you about never like seen the roast. How Shaq? How, yeah, I've seen the roast, but no, this was what his stand up. You ever seen uh, Shaq next to the Alton Giant? Google that picture, dude. The all, oh, the, uh, yeah. Shaq looks Ro- like a little Robert Waldlow or Waldlow. Yeah. Yes, I he looks like little. he looks like a little fat kid next to I, next to him. I actually just seen that not too long ago. A couple of, within the last few days, he twenty two years old. He died. Robert Wald, Wardlow. What Wardlow. Was it from giantism Wardlow? or no? His braces rubbed on his ankle, and he got something and died at night. Infection. Yep. Wow. That's yeah. I staff's really, a killer, man. Is it? I mean, staff. I'm assuming it's staff. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like a staff thing. No, so, he just straight up got fucking stabbed by those. Blood out <laughs> while sleeping. He's pretty tall. He was taller than his dad at eight years old. Yeah, he probably had giantism. Yeah, that's pretty fucking. That's yeah. still strange as fuck. That's to like, they actually uh, do surgery uh, now to stop that because you, yes. you'll die. <laughs> yeah. What's uh? What's the wrestler? The huge wrestler. Paul White. No, uh, the, Paul from, White had, uh, Andre our the generation. Giant had it. Andre the Giant. But that's Andre why he died of it. Yeah. yeah. And Paul White, uh, they did surgery and stopped it. Yeah. Antonio Silva had surgery and stopped the the fighter. Oh, no. He, yeah. Does he, 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 he still had the head. He just didn't have the body. Can they do the surgery to start it? Oh, I mean, because I <laughs> somebody would make some dang good money if they did, though. You know, <laughs> no, they, people. they do make it where they can make you taller. 
Yeah, but you can't use it because it's all like from other spots and you can blow your no, knees out. No, they fucking, they cut your shins. They, they said it's like some crazy painful yeah. ass surgery. Yeah. But the one guy was like six inches because he had two or three different yeah. surgeries. But they said you can't walk for a few months afterwards and shit. When you can't, they don't hold, like that's what South Park made fun of. Like Kyle became a basketball player and he dunked and his legs blew out. Because they're not <laughs> as, yeah, they're not. <laughs> I got to, I got to take it. I got to derail and tell this story because it's an epic story. And especially since you're all over the internet, you'll, you'll enjoy this. So what I did is I took a truck and a trailer and four dudes and we drove there and I got two 24 foot U-Hauls that I rented. So we get there. Are these guys for your friends? Yeah. You're a shitty friend. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing guys? You'll see. <laughs> so we, we go there and, uh, <laughs> and we get to U-Haul and they have the trucks already. They have the keys out, everything like that. We start the paperwork. The gals got to do some stuff. So I go to the bathroom. I come back out and... She's like, sir, I need you to take this call. And I get on the phone and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, um, they're like, sir, we can't rent to you. Do you remember U-Haul 10-foot burnout? And I'm like, what? And then it clicked. So in like my early 20s, I flew up to um, someplace in Ohio, bought a Harley, started riding it back. It broke down. Roadside fix it. It broke down again. Blah, 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 blah. After like two days of trying to get this thing home, I end up renting a U-Haul and bringing it back to St. Louis. It's like 800 bucks to rent a U-Haul one way. So I get back, get it unloaded. Me being who I am, I'm like, hey, dude, take a video of this. And I get out there and I break torque it and I do this huge fucking burnout all the way down my road. Put it on YouTube. Forget all about it. 15 years later, I go to rent a truck and I come to find out that I am banned from U-Haul for life. That's fucking awesome. See, that's, that's also our generation, though. We did all the, like, when that technology came, we did all the stupid shit. Yeah. And we're telling the next generation, don't put anything on the internet, man. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come back and get you. But now they put everything on the internet. Yeah. Literally. But they're smarter about, like, being careful about not getting canceled. I don't think so. I just think that we, nobody's, we di- nobody's we did, digging no. into their past yet. That's fair. That, that's fair. Yeah. No, that's like, a fair. That's a fair. Hey, judgment. these kids today, they clearly they have for sure done dumb shit that they posted on fucking. Something. Then, then it's on them. They should have known better. We <laughs> didn't know better. You know that's gonna, you know that's going to go away at some point. That fucking cancel. Yeah, it's an overcorrection. Yeah. We, we overcorrect everything. Yeah, at yeah. some point it's going to even out. It may not go completely away, but it's going to. Uh, it's going to go gonna away. It's going to go away because it's starting to eat their own. Yeah. Yeah, like people who are fucking. I'm, There's still going to be things you're going to get canceled for, but it's going to be like things that you worse. should be canceled yeah, exactly, for. Hundred percent, not just every little rape, thing. murder. Yeah. Like yeah. OJ shouldn't be canceled though because he's innocent. That's all I'm saying. Technically, yeah. That's all I'm saying. OJ's kid did it, not OJ. And on that note, we're going to take a break and come back and play Would You Rather or Squared Up? We're not sure. He always ends. 